Hello. Hello, Tiff. We're back on. I'm going to blame it all on the retrograde. Well, I lost the internet connection and it just, everything was gone. Well, the good thing is, so I have the Anchor app now. It look, if that was saved, you can, you should be able to merge them together. Okay. Well, I don't know what happened, but they're gone. So let's, oh. let's just, um, let's start again and um, get this show on the road. So we are going to start off by just a, a little um, recording of, for the longest time, quarantine edition from YouTube, which kind of explains everything that's been going on since uh, 2019. So listen. Raiden has amazed me. He's so strong. And here we go. From the Stay at Home Choir. Oh, Jill? Yeah. <laughs> this is not the one. <laughs> this is awesome. This is real talk right here. <laughs> yep, this is... Um, this, is you know. this is real talk, and I want everybody to know that the frustrations uh, continue um, throughout Technical our lives. Difficulties. Technical difficulties. Here we go. Thank <laughs> you. 
Beautiful, beautiful, I never, beautiful. I never get tired of listening to that. No, me either. And it's amazing. Uh, just real quick, if anybody wants to to search this video, it is called For the Longest Time Quarantine Edition. And boy, does it explain everything that we've been through uh, throughout this pandemic. Uh, there is uh, pictures of people on here cutting each other's hair. Um, you know, hand uh, sanitizing, uh, holding up toilet paper, holding up toilet paper, all those things. Right. So this is a time of reflection. And this particular podcast um, is for us just to reflect, to see where we were and where we are and where we need to go. Uh, so the what, when, where, and how. So my name is Tina Gifford, and I host this station, Rock Your Chakras. I am a spiritual soul coach, and I am co-creating this series with Jill DeLiberti. And Jill, if you could introduce yourself and your uh, gifts of an intuitive healer. So I am an intuitive reader. And I have been doing this work for about four or five years. And my um, journey started with grief, grief, um, how to heal from the loss of my mom, which was very sudden. And that just, you know, morphed into now I actually do readings for people and take the lessons I learned going through my process of grief and now helping others. And that's kind of like my life purpose is to take these intuitive gifts, work with my cards, the angels, my guides, whoever you want to say it is, and spirit too, to come through to provide messages that people need to hear, whether it's they're dealing with grief or they just have a block in their life or just need a message. Um, that's what I'm here for. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for creating this uh, with me. I think it's very important um, for all of us to realize how far we have come and what we've been able to endure as uh, spiritual beings living this human experience of the pandemic. Um, this, this is to open up the subject of the lessons that we have learned and maybe the lessons that we have not learned as of yet, our successes and our challenges that all began in 2019. So we're briefly going to go back to 2019 with the reflections of events. So here we are with the when and what. And 2019, what I recall is there was so much political war, the impeachment of our president, President Trump, 
Uh, that was something I recall in 2019. But if you could go a little bit further, Jill, and tell me what you experienced in 2019 that gave you the whispers of where we were headed. So in 2019, like I do remember all that stuff with Trump, but I don't typically follow a lot of political stuff um, for a while, my own choice. But what really stands out for me in 19 is the fall because um, a good, very dear friend of mine, her husband had early onset Alzheimer's and that in the fall is when the rapid decline was starting with him. So a lot of my energy space, what I was doing was supporting her and her and her family during that mm-hmm. time, because that was when he had his last hospitalization and just trying to, um, you know, help be with her and, you know, at the holidays and all that. But I remember in December is when the whispers started about. I started hearing about this weird virus, right? And I remember there was a cruise ship and, but that might've been 20, but it was like nothing for us to worry about. It was not really being talked about. It had to do with China. It had to do with bats, not a thing. And just because I work in healthcare, um, I'm in finance, not clinical. I just remember when the H1N1 was a thing and how those things Mm -hmm. never really manifested into anything. So at the time, it felt like it was nothing to worry about. But I do remember it being very chaotic. And it was just very emotional. Um, I think it was, I think it was Jill, but here's where I was going. And I'm not political whatsoever. Um, But I want to say, I think, uh, um, from what I, I felt is that we were in this midst of the beginning of the division Mm-hmm. of of us uh, of ourselves as humans and that started politically with the yeah. arguments about republican versus democratic blah 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 and people were just awful oh, on social yeah. media so there was a part of that when it when those vi- that virus was starting to come around in the fall of 2019 i don't think anybody was really paying attention to that no, and I agree because if you remember, like I believe that's like when Me Too was happening or just had happened. Like there was so many other um, issues in society that were kind of trumping it. Plus, and and once again, we're not going to be too political or conspiracy theory, but China just doesn't disclose information to us, right? Correct. So that's why we didn't really, and it wasn't on you know mainstream media twenty four hours a day. It was like blips here and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think right. I really tapped into it starting in January of 2020, because that is when my friend's husband did pass. And when, when that happened and my energy and my focus started to go on other stuff, that's when I started to really feel the unrest in our society. I agree. I agree um, with the January um, the January feeling of heaviness. I also, we all, we all possess intuitiveness. Okay. It's whether we tap into it and really pay attention or ignore it. Um, I happen to pay attention to it, uh, quite a bit, just as, as you do too. And, um, there was that feeling of something was off in, in a big way. 
I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's something I just remembered about 19 that's important is in December. I remember texting a, a good friend of mine about how much on social media I was reading about loved ones, people losing their loved ones. Mm-hmm. And it seemed more than normal. There's always mm-hmm. loss in December. Oh, right. But yep. I just felt like every one, like everything in my my Facebook feeds or whatever, people were losing parents and friends and all that. And I just remember being like blown away because it was more than normal. And I, I remember texting with um, my with Deb and she's like, well, you know, souls coming out for the new year. And it kind of made sense, but there was something about it to me. I just remember that was, I would say is the first time I felt like this is off. Something's not right here with mm-hmm. what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And I think it got more intense. Uh, March 2020, if yeah. everybody oh, can yeah. recall that March of 2020 was huge. Um, that's when finally China opened up and said, we, you know, we yeah. uh, made a mistake. Uh, virus got loose. Um, yeah, oopsie. Yeah. Oops. And now uh, what do we do now as a world? Right. What do we do now? Well, w- this thing is running rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got a lockdown. That was a huge word in 2020 was a lockdown. Quarantine. Yep. Quarantine is the other word for it. Mask. We went into um, the part of shortages, right? We talked about the toilet paper. Talked about the toilet paper on that that little YouTube video um, uh, choir song. It was people scrambling and hoarding toilet paper. It was so bad. I just, it was so mind blowing too. It's like, Seriously, I did anything toilet paper, but I do remember two groceries was also like you couldn't find a box of pasta. And I just remember it went from zero to 60. It went from, oh, nothing to worry about to, oh, shit, something to worry about. And that's why I think there was such a panic because mm-hmm. it literally felt like it happened overnight. It went from a nothing to a something. Right, right. And, and then, uh, you know, going from zero to 100, like you say, we went from... Uh, anybody that worked in an office, oh, now that's it. We're issuing you um, access to work remotely from home. Offices are now shut down. Um, and then it rolled into the school system. Now yeah. parent, parents are now faced with this panic of what do I do with my kids? I've got to go to work. There's people that can't work from home. Mm-hmm. They were in in a scramble scramble it was and you know what um it's funny because you now like as we reflect we remember so march right that is spring break for colleges Mm -hmm. my oldest son it was spring break for him and he was in his junior year of college and it's almost like rite of passage you go to florida right for um spring break because everyone anyone by this point they don't have fake ids anymore Right. And I remember he was getting ready to fly out and I couldn't find a little hand sanitizer. That was like the first thing. The shells weren't bare yet, but all of a sudden hand sanitizer was missing and he got to Florida. Mm-hmm. And in that short five day span, by the second day he was there, flights were getting canceled going to Florida. And when he flew home, 
that Friday or Saturday, um, his school had already um, extended the the spring break another week to figure out what they were going to do. And then that, that same week is when my son, who was in elementary school at the time, also came home. And we were held in like a flux with my elementary school son before they decide because they had to quickly figure out how to do remote like you send know, everybody home with laptops well that's, that's just wild you know luckily um i had because of where my son went to college i had an extra ipad because that was part of his package his tuition and who knew he's so funny too because he because now he's home too he's going to do remote learning for college as well and so that was a fun time with me coming. I came home to to work from home and my two kids. You should have seen. Um, it was like Wi-Fi wars and people having space. I was running around my house with my laptop because I'm on Zooms trying to get everyone in their lane. And um, luckily, I had an extra iPad that Jared came home with because junior year, they got they got a new one. And mm-hmm. he's like, I forgot I had this. I might sell it. I said, no, no, no. You're going to give this to me because I'm paying for it. And I made that my elementary school son's, you know, thing to do is e-learning that was separate from his other iPad. But the schools had to give, mm-hmm. like, usually where I live, you get a Chromebook in middle school. So now they had to give all these elementary kids Chromebooks. I use the iPad. And I will be honest, the first two weeks when they finally, like, were like, okay, we're going to do e-learning, me and him, every day, one of us cried. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was crazy. It took us about two weeks to, you know, get it kind of all what was supposed to take three to four hours would take us eight. But then we did finally we, we got to a good place where he could do it in four hours by himself. But it was so hard not to mention I had to work. I'm working in healthcare. There's all these changes and in finance and my role. I was so busy trying to juggle all this was it was horrible. It was not a fun time. Right. Well, like, like, there you go. Again, the zero to a hundred within mm-hmm. matter of months, not even, yep. I think it was almost blindsiding to so many people. And that's where the stresses became extremely heavy. Again, the word heavy, I keep going back to the word heavy. Um, and I think that we were challenged in so many ways yeah. uh, to change quickly. And we didn't even have time to understand why. Exactly. It was, there was so many knowns, which is, we talked about this earlier, you know, offline about the fear, the yes. fear of the yes. unknown. What if you got sick? Me, not me even meeting with this weird virus. What if you broke your leg? Um, or something like it did just, there was so many unknowns. And if you were luckily me and my partner, we had very good job security. He was essential because of where he worked, had DOD contracts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were busier than ever. I'll never mm-hmm. forget. It went from, you know, Oh, you have job security to, Oh my God, I have so much work. I don't know how I'm going to get this all done. Right. But just, there was so much, I was in the middle of refinancing my house. Yeah. And, uh, and, and all that stuff stopped. All that stuff stopped. And you, you yeah, we lucked, it, uh, we lucked out. And 
just in time. Like there's so many things I can look back where it's like, we snuck in with so many things just before complete shutdown where we wouldn't okay okay with that being said there's a there's um we're talking successes versus challenges right so there was a success for you um if, if, if we would all take a moment and go back and reflect there are moments of success and there are moments of challenges so this is what I think I'm hoping we're bringing to people's uh, minds is, geez, well, there were some successful moments um, beyond our, our challenges. Um, yeah. Whether they're equal or off balance, that, that's a whole different personal thing. Um, so... I just, so I, you know, I went through my, so I had seen, uh, I don't know if it was a YouTube video or something I watched where they talked about how important it was to journal during this time, because how many people live through a pandemic, right? So, right. And, I, and, and just in the, we do, you know, we, we tend to journal a lot and mm-hmm. I went back and my week one journal was dated 3-20-2020. And these were the bullet points you know, I started working remote, testing started too late, the National Guard being called in. And I'll and I forgot about that. And that was so scary. I forgot about that too. When the National Guard comes, that usually indicates like a disaster. Usually it's a natural disaster, right? The state of emergency at a state and city level was declared. And this is just in the first week. People mm-hmm. hoarding toilet paper and other necessities and other. So my observations of my intuitiveness that I um, wrote down was society was acting crazy. People were cray cray. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I am not an artistic person, but I do do the adult coloring books, whatever. But I was finding I was coloring with lots of green that really had stuck out to me. My son, my oldest son, who had been in Florida, he had a panic attack his last day in which was fantastic as I get a call at work and he's in another state, but luckily he was fine. He was coming home the next day. Schools were closed. You know, kids came home. My work was crazy. And then I had questions for my meditation. What was my purpose during this crisis? What is my teacher and what is my lesson? Um, And of course I don't have the cards that I pulled at that time, but that was my first week reflection Oh, right, right. I, 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 that triggered me to pull open a page of, uh, of course, I journal too. Yeah. And this was um, my, my quick um, feeling of must have been in the moment. I am feeling fear. And I know fear is a result of false evidence appearing real. I must practice patience and positivity. I am well. I am healthy. I am worthy of a happy life. I am. And so it was me reaching out to myself being here um, in solitude yeah, and feeling trapped and scared mm-hmm. of the unknown. And that was fear was the huge emotion coming forth for me. And, you know, and when I look, so I journaled, that journal entry was 
you know, 320. Five days later, it is day three at the stay at home. And what I wrote was, these are just bulleted out. Like I saw a person acting crazy at Dunkin' Donuts because actually Dunkin' Donuts stayed open. And I remember going to get coffee thinking, I'm going to milk this as long as I can. Just breathe. I am scattered, pulled into too many directions. Self-care, fear. Balance, mm-hmm. can't keep going this way. Lots of anxiety last night. Greatest mm-hmm. loss, freedom. New mm-hmm. start, new energy. Is this a second chance? Mm-hmm. And that was just within the first, not even two weeks of roller coasters that we were all going through. And can you imagine we have actually started this particular um, part of our lives in 2019? We are now approaching 2023. We are recording this um, podcast today on December 31st, 2022. Mm-hmm. And so we're already in. Like, it's a long time. I mean, I'm talking over, you know, four years, uh, we're approaching four years. And it's a long time for the human being to withstand the stresses. Yeah. Um, life in general is, is full of stressors um, and joys. But I think this has been more, the scale had tipped the scale tipped. It does. Definitely right? Did. Didn't it tip more towards stress than it, it was did. anything happy? It was very hard at that time to find happy things. I remember, so funny too, like, you know, I am not a big TikToker, but I remember downloading the app and there was a dance, like a viral dance challenge. And I was determined I was going to learn it to do it with my son. Mm-hmm. Which didn't end up happening, but I that was part of like a lot of false starts trying to adapt to my new situations that struggled to find happiness in my house. That I love my house, like I love my house, but and it it's funny how because I have a very busy life, wanting to just be able to stay home, and now I have to stay home, and I feel like I'm trapped in a cage. Right, right. I think um, I think there was some confusion and some uh, animosity around people that were collecting unemployment. Oh, that because a- of the pandemic. And this is it's a personal opinion. If those people did not receive assistance, their children would not have been fed. Mm-hmm. Their children would not have had been able to have them home. I mean, I'm talking young, young kids yeah. that needed their parents home to guide them at, at homeschool teaching now at this point. And if that assistance was not offered, yeah, there would have been even bigger, bigger problems. So there's a part of me that says, yeah, people did some of and it happens all the time people take advantage of situations I get that but there was also so many that needed it Mm -hmm. so many that needed it and that's where people forget that it's like you know that saying like one bad they were just they were just pissed because they had to go out and go to work they were pissed because yep. there were people home, supposedly that what they felt like was laying around being lazy and collecting more money than they were even making when they worked. Yes, 
True, right? But you were you are now the teacher. You are now the school. You are now the the stay-at-home mom without any income or the stay-at-home dad or the parents. I mean, so how are you going to remain under a warm roof, clothes on your kids back and food in their mouths? And these are people that industries that had to shut down, like a lot of small businesses and restaurants with the unknown of, will I have a job? Will these businesses open again? Can they survive the pandemic without that business owner having income? Because, yeah, everyone had to go home. But those people, too, didn't know if they were going to have a job when things finally, because once again, we're in unknown, right? They don't know how, like, they don't know if they're going to be able to go back to work. They don't know if they're going to have to now job search after being, you know, established and comfortable in a job that they've had for the last five, ten years. Right, right. Piece of it that people forgot. Like, yeah. So what? They got to get a. So they got a break in life. You know. Oh well. Like, get over. Right. Instead of saying, you know what the saying I always like dis dislike. I dislike the saying. Oh, must be nice. Uh uh. Uh uh. Why can't you um be happy for other people's successes or their ease of living uh, for even even just a short time that they've got a little break. Why cannot you be happy and say, thank God, thank God, because it could be your sister, your niece, your brother, your, you know, your own children that are getting this relief for now. And that's going to just, you know, what I think about this pandemic and what happened, you know, we all were put in our homes and instead of taking time and to be grateful, people all went to anger, fear, and resentment. Just what you're saying, like, and and, and trust me, it was really hard to not be fearful. I remember coming to a realization of, I'm not watching news. Because now we have access 24-7 to anything, Mm -hmm. social media and whatever. Mm -hmm. I stopped watching it because they highlighted all the negativity and it was the fear porn and it it just fueled the fire. So I stopped and I, and one thing I'm very grateful, I never let my youngest watch the news. Um, I kept that, I, I kept him, I remember having a very honest conversation about did he understand what this was? And he was because he at that age, he's like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like the flu. Yes, it is. Perfect. Glad that he has that understanding. But um, it was very, I did disconnected from all that. I'm like, this is not helping me at all or anyone. So right, right. So that this we're talking 2020 still. We haven't oh, even yeah. moved. We, I, I think, and again, I want to remind everybody: Jill and I will be back to continue this series because it is so detailed, and it has been over almost over four years. There's so uh, much um, to unpack with this. <laughs> so much to unpack. So I hope that everybody comes back and and hears more and more and maybe help we can help you reflect on at least on your successes and to appreciate the challenges that you have been faced with. And acknowledge so, them. Give them that acknowledge, acknowledge them without judgment. Without and judgment. Then, and then be 
like that's the whole point that's how we heal right it's like you acknowledge you you know you accept it you acknowledge it and then you release it with love right right and we'll be we'll be talking about that more in um, on the spiritual uh realm of how um moving into 2023 um what year that is going to look what is that going to look like and um i don't want anybody to be disappointed but from what we're hearing um or and what we've researched is it's going to be a year of you know um cleaning cleaning decluttering getting um, a fresh start um ready Cleaning, cleaning the slate, and it's going to take a long time to clean that slate because four years have been piling up. And so, that change doesn't happen overnight. Change is gradual, but there's a light, mm-hmm. at the end of the, light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. It's like, if we've mm-hmm. gone this long, we can do another year knowing it's right. going to get better. But we also, as a collective, have to be a part of that. Correct. To get, so to that's better. where... Uh, um, my wish is that I hope that we all can come into um, connection I, and some sort of non-judgmental um, relationship. Um, so, speaking of that, let's go. We're, let's continue in twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. So we had the, the the virus, and then we went into lockdown. Then we went into. Um, the kids the is, the, and the masks, right? Wearing the masks. We spoke about that just a little bit, but the masks became like this thing um, that people were very upheaved about. And then other people were adamant about and, and angry. If you didn't have one on, there was no um, freedom of choice anymore. So there's the word again, freedom, right? Jill? You use yeah, that freedom. freedom, loss of freedom. Yeah, I think you use that. And that, that was I, a big I thing. get that. Mm-hmm. It really felt like your personal boundaries and space was being dictated by someone else. And that's why people resisted the masking and were like, no, because they want to rebel. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, just I feel like this is just my personal opinion. You know, I do feel like the lockdown and the masking was needed until they got a handle on what it was we were dealing with. I just don't, I think if they had just done the three months and then started to just open everything back up, that would have served us the best. But every state had its own rules and the stopping and going, oh, we're going to lift. Oh, now we're going back. It's like, I think so much. There was so much confusion. We wore the mask way too long, is my opinion. We're now, um, you know, you lost a lot in being home, too, not being exposed to people. It became very easy to stay isolated in our homes. I think that's one of our themes, too, is the isolation and not wanting to go out anymore. Mm-hmm. Now that And I think, I think it's going to lead us into our next couple of episodes of what the new way of being is but the man a thing and then um remember in the grocery stores they started to map out like how you could walk down the aisles yes like, <laughs> and, um, the forget, aisles. One, of the, 
And this was like, you know, the pan- the pandemic had been going on for a while. I was at a store that was not very busy. And I'm following, I, I'm a rule follower, so I'm doing the thing. And then I realized, oh my God, I forgot this one little stupid thing. And I went the wrong way down an aisle and I had someone <laughs> say something to me. There's no, like we, I am on the other side, mask on, plenty of room. And I'm like, Really? You had to say something. I forgot one thing. And you feel is, like an idiot. <laughs> and it's like, you know, if it was crowded, I would not have done that. But it's like, I literally, it took me yep. 10 seconds. So I, and I think, you know, that I just remember even with the mask on, like, you know, people at grocery stores, you had to stay, you know, social distancing and whatever. I remember being like, cause I was in my house, like, I'm still going to say hi and smile. Yeah. You can smile with your eyes, even if you don't realize it, because yeah. I was like, you screw all these angry people that those were like my good days, right? Where I was in yeah. good space. And I'm like, I'm going to be the person, even if they going to drive them nuts, I am going to have, a, I'm going to be happy. Right. Right. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was, uh, it was crazy. Um, especially if you went the wrong the wrong way down the aisle. Uh, oh my God. Uh, I know. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and just having but, patience, like, you know, if you, you know, social distancing, you yeah. had to be patient as someone was trying to find something and people right. would be huffy and stuff. It's like, I know. Then. Go back to it. Those are the things. And, and granted, I can say this. I didn't do it perfectly all the time, but that's what I, you know, going out when I did go in out into the public, which was not very often, I just you just gotta have patience and tolerance and do you mm-hmm. and do work. you do and you that was I think the thing people didn't get that like do you don't worry about the person next to you if I'm not if if yeah, my thing was all right, so you know what if i'm and and this is just a hypothetical. If I'm not wearing a mask, but you are, well, good, because you're okay. You're protecting yourself. You have your mask on. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. That's my, that's my problem. If I, if I don't have one on and I get sick and, yep. and have um, a tragic, you know, uh, ending to my life right now that is on me that's not on you because you're doing you're doing you and I'm doing me so it's so a personal choice right Even right some stores it was mandated at a time it's still yep. a personal choice and it's like none of you it's almost like none of your business none yet none and yet today if someone chooses to wear a mask we don't have to it is not my place to judge them if they want I don't to, care makes them feel safe all for it like yeah i don't care whatever makes you less stressed is yeah. what i am i'm very um happy for and i advocate for that because stress will kill you first before the virus so and i Seriously. think that happened a lot that's a later conversation <laughs> so but just quickly too um we had talked about how being at home and the divisions within families too, mm-hmm. people getting mad, you know, at like families were arguing because 
someone didn't want to wear a mask or do the Zoom for Thanksgiving. They wanted to see people mm-hmm. or they felt like this relative put themselves at risk because they did A, B, or C and cutting people off because of that, because of a personal yeah. choice. That was so scary to see deeply it affected family units and partnerships where you're letting this thing in the outside come into your and cause division. So we talked about the divisions at like the political level being divided because you had one person who was so in the fear that they would be willing to cut you out instead of just accepting your choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good point, Jill. Excellent point because geez, um, that brought me to the subject of, well, let's, let's think about the successes. All right. We are so blessed to have technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, because everybody, uh, not everybody, a lot of people were able to maintain their uh, financial status by working via computer and zoom. Yep. Myself included. Many families were able to at least connect and laugh and tell stories, even play games on a personal level via video or Zoom. And I'd like so, to just throw in that Zoom is actually free. You, It, it only gives you, I think, 45 minutes. Yes, but- it's, it's, I, was able to, I was able to teach my classes um, via Zoom and it's- during those times. So... And it's one of those things, like after your time is up, just rejoin because then you get another 45 minutes. So that's something I think is important is, granted, you got to pay for Wi-Fi, but Zoom was free and FaceTime is free and other apps. There were so many other apps for social connecting that came to development. Absolutely. Absolutely. I teach teach, um, meditation and mindfulness for seniors and they were feeling so scared. Mm-hmm. Because all they do, well, a lot of seniors watch CNN all day or yeah. Fox News all day. And that's, and so I was able to um, bring them into a place of, of a little bit more comfort and peace and connection, um, you know, for those that, you know, were able to make the connection via um, technically, um, it's not easy for anyone, um, but we made it work. And I was so blessed to have that success of yes. keeping um, the seniors that are home alone company and giving them positive things to, to do and to think of and to remind them to turn the news off more often than, than not. Yes, that's a huge um, success. That is right, right. So um, we are all whether young, young, middle aged, old. We all have, we have all been affected. And so in 2020, what happened after we got all into you know so not settled, but kind of like okay, we're in lockdown. Okay, we have to work remotely. Okay, the kids have to learn from home. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden distractions became um, prevalent. Um, there was the joy, the George Floyd murder. Yeah, yeah. Which triggered that huge Black Lives Matter. 
yeah. situation, which nobody needed. I'm not saying it wasn't real or whatever. Um, I, I have no, no opinion on that. I'm just saying that nobody needed that huge upheaval and that anger, the emotion of anger to be so strong during this time. I think, like I said before, like all of our emotions were amplified, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. But I think it brought to the forefront how much there is still in our, in this, you know, in 2022, 2023, how much minorities are still treated badly. And it was so highlighted. And then it became the focus point for everyone it i feel like it we needed the awareness but once again the amplification and causing more chaos was not it's like we to take that situation people took it to the next level instead of taking it to make it an education a time for learning a lesson learned right right how to make it better and but why didn't we learn what the lesson not learned is why didn't we why didn't we learn that division is not what is needed during these times right that was that's that. a lesson that was not learned we need to come together not apart exactly <laughs> and it had to take a in a tragedy like that was so you know for people that have been oppressed their whole lives it just it just was there's so many parts of it that were just heartbreaking and just, you know, it just once again reinforced to us as a society, like, why are we in this pandemic? Because we have not been good people. We have not been treating each other right. And that yeah. was a great example of where we're not treating our fellow man the way we should. It was right. horrible. Right. And, and one last thing, um, so we'll be wrapping up soon of this particular episode. You know, this just brought us to 2019 and, and just in tapping into 2020. Um, in 2020, uh, when the pandemic was really and the virus was rolling crazy, uh, that they had uh, freezers out in New York City um, holding... Oh, yeah you know, people, which is so devastating. One, uh, for factual part, 1.7 million people died in 2020 from recorded uh, on paper COVID. Um, whether we know that for a fact or not is beyond, but the grief that people felt was 10 times, again, using the word amplified, than it was any other time. I mean, death of a loved one is always heartbreaking. Whenever, if it happened 20 years ago, yeah. I still miss my mom to this day. I mean, it was, but I think it was so, so focused and so intense and create and exploded the fear even more. 1.7 million people died of COVID. It's the numbers, and, right? And it, was, and it was always in our faces. So like we were in a, like in my journals, you know, grieving the loss of my, my old way of living. So we were already in a state of grief. And right. then you throw on the loss of loved ones and the amplification. 
And not to mention a lot of people weren't able to be with their loved ones to hold their hands or saying goodbye over Zoom to someone who's not even conscious, waving through windows. I feel like those people that were in those situations, life is going to continue elderly or whatever. They should have been given the choice. Mm -hmm. If you gear up and hold your loved one's hand, you should I feel like a lot of people were robbed of a proper goodbye to someone who was, and I feel bad for that person too, who must have felt so alone at a soul level. Knowing Absolutely. That, you know, nurses, God bless the nurses and the doctors and stuff, because they were there to hold hands. But it was so tragic to see people get robbed of that. Like, mm-hmm. I can imagine, I know, I do know people that had to say goodbye. Um, a good friend of mine had to say goodbye to her mom through zoom who was not really you know conscious or functioning anymore i just mm-hmm. I'm, I'm blessed i didn't have to do that but my heart goes out to people that did absolutely absolutely um those are like just just touching on on those things in 2020 um was very uh disturbing to reflect on but also Again, maybe hopefully for some, some lessons learned and, and insight of how um, we can individually or collectively move forward as uh, spiritual beings living this human experience in, in the most kind way. Um, A lot yeah. of, you know, there were so many lessons, I feel like in that first year, like I, you know, the finger pointing in the beginning, they waited too long, I feel like, before they started to take action. And I'm talking at a government level. Like the hope is, God forbid, that something like this was to ever happen again in our lifetimes. We Mm -hmm. would have learned our lesson. Get on it quick and don't feed the fear. Like, you know. Well, maybe um, we can make it better for the future generations to come uh, with the lessons and the legacies we leave. And that's just it. How do, especially for the younger ones who grew up in this, like little, little ones, what do we want to leave them with? Like, hopefully when they get to grow up, this will just be a blip in their memories. And hopefully, because we're going to, you know, us as a society can make it so that's what it is. It's just a blip because the world Mm -hmm. is a better place. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, Jill, we are... um, uh, starting to conclude this first uh, episode of the pandemic lessons learned and lessons not learned. And I would like to request or ask you kindly, if you could pull a card for the collective of, of the world of the people that are listening to this podcast here um, as we move into 2023, maybe a, just a little whisper from spirit of what we could reflect on as we move in uh, to 2023. So as we were, you know, once we started recording, I did actually have I actually had a couple decks in front of me, but I landed on the Oracle of the Seven Energies by Kalat Baron Reed. And that mm-hmm. really felt like that was the deck that I should pull from because this is all about energy and all that. So I actually had pulled some cards as we were talking. And of course, mm-hmm. I never just get one. I got three. 
Okay. But I love them. So the first card was Earth Magic, and the number is one. So number mm. one is always a new beginning, right? Think right. 2023 as a new beginning. And in the picture, you will see it's, unfortunately, you know, people won't be able to see the card, but it's, you know, feet on Earth. And Earth Magic, what do you want to create? What mm-hmm. do you want to do? And because we're all connected to nature, like that is a big thing, grounding and connecting to earth. And there's nothing better than walking barefoot in the Mm -hmm. earth. Not my favorite thing to do, but that is how we connect. And Mm -hmm. it's telling us to be still with our minds, be still for a moment and just really connect Mm -hmm. to what's around us and great magic and you know, manifestation, anything that you want, this is where you're going to plant your seeds to then grow. The next card I got was number 15, a powerful move. And this card is all purple and beautiful light energy to me, which is healing, right? So right. I, I believe, yeah, to me, purple and um, just real quick. Yeah. Healing, but also um, connecting uh, to your higher power, to God, um, to go into faith. Mm-hmm. And it looks like and in the card, it has what looks like the world. There's a key mm-hmm. in the middle of it. And it's like unlocking those mm-hmm. feelings and healing and stepping into what we want. So this card is just encouraging everyone that we are almighty creators. And mm-hmm. what do we want in this lifetime? Like this is a time we should be reflecting, going inside and healing. So that way we can make our dreams come true. A powerful move. A powerful move to me right now is making a very personal choice that you are going to change your life and mm-hmm. you're going to do it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful, but you are going to change to be better. And then the last card I got, which was number 26, Great Big Love. And it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. heart. And when I look at this, it's like that is where we need to. Anything we do has to come from a place of love. And it's like heightened awareness of our relationships and loving ourselves. Because that's something we all, I know for me you got to love yourself first before you can do anything love and accept. And it's like inviting big love into your life. So it's also giving big love and receiving big love, be open to it. If you're having a shitty day and someone's coming with you to you with nothing but love, be open to receive that regardless of whatever else is going on. Take that in because that's how we're going to heal and that's how we're going to move on. So for 2023, I am going to say the what people should remember is get grounded and centered. Make those big moves. Don't let anything hold you back these last three years. It is time to let it go and then all have it come from a place of love. Whenever you're feeling shitty, remember to come back to that feeling of emotion of love and gratitude regardless of what it is beautiful for you beautiful i i like it i love it 
I don't just like it. I love it. Thank you so much, Jill, for this first segment of our series of the pandemic lessons learned and maybe not learned to bring everybody together in connection, whether whatever, whatever sides you are on, hopefully not either side eventually, that the division will start to the narrow. It'll start to come in. And I thank you for helping uh, with this mission and um, making the best years ahead. And happy New Year's Eve. And we will be back at uh, at a very uh, soon, you know, I don't know what I'm saying right at the moment, very soon, because this is just such a huge subject. This was and, just um, the beginning. This was just scraping the surface. So Tina, I just need to thank you for, you know, having me on a collaboration and um, just having the space to do this with you. I so appreciate it. Happy New Year's to you as well. And I think, you know, we just opened up a big conversation. I feel like the second episode will be here sooner than we think. <laughs> Absolutely. Lots of love to you, Jillbean, and lots of love to everyone that has listened and given their consideration into uh, being open and connecting to one another during this transitional time to a new year. Happy New Year, everyone. Stay safe. Happy New Year. Good morning. Hey. Hello. Sorry, for some reason, reason um, Anchor was just giving me an issue just then, but here I am. Okay, good morning, Jill. Welcome, everyone, to part two of lessons learned and not learned over the past few years during the pandemic. Um, Jill DeLiberti and myself, Tina Gifford here uh, to continue our podcast uh, regarding what we have been going through our challenges and our successes over the past uh, three, three plus years. So Jill, um, welcome and uh, thank you for co-creating uh, this uh, series, I think that everybody needs some reflection on uh, to actually notice how far we have all come, uh, trials and tribulations. Uh, where we had left off, Jill, um, on our last on our last uh, episode was we left off more on the technology basis, how we were all having to learn how to work through Zoom uh, professionally and personally, uh, things, apps that were created for connection, drive-by birthday parties, things that we had to adjust in our quote-unquote normalcy. Yes, and again, Tina, thank you so much for having me on to do this very, I feel very, beneficial and important conversation about the last few years and what we've learned and what we have not learned so much to discuss right and there's and there's going to be uh there's going to be more episodes um uh, obviously there is so much and we may not even um be able to touch on every single subject in detail 
But uh, I think it is important. A lot of people, I believe, are probably thinking, geez, I don't want to I don't want to remember all those things we went through. I don't want to. But I, I believe it's super important to remember uh, so that we can take the lessons that were being uh, taught uh, universally and um, as a global uh, community. I, I agree with you. I believe reflection is huge because, you know, we say, you know, it's been three years. A lot can and things around us change so much and things change so drastically that are never going to go back to what they were prior to the pandemic. So I don't think it hurts to reflect, even though some of it might bring up some, you know, painful memories, but it's almost like we need to honor those memories so right. we can move on and learn the lessons supposed to learn during this time. And as, and as um, a, a spiritual mentor and, and the people that I work with, it always comes up with the, Working through working through our shadows, through the darkness, so that we can get forward to the light, so we can see the brightness and maybe the underlying blessings that have been gifted to us. So maybe the lesson here could be to unlearn the, the past beliefs and, and things that we were so quote, a quote, again, normal and way, also, of, way of being. Mm -hmm. And also you want to remember too, like, if this has not changed your life in any way, I would be shocked. But I know for myself, and I'm sure a lot of people it made you rethink about what was important in life. Like what, you know, life is short. What makes you happy? Am I doing what makes me happy? And maybe it's time to change those ways of thinking and I'm my hope is people will I, if there's one lesson we could all learn is how to be more compassionate and kind to our fellow humans living on this earth because I believe that's so important we need to really just have compassion and have acceptance for everybody agreed whether whether we uh, can, uh, the saying can we agree to disagree Yep. That that there's a something to be said about that that sentence. Can we agree to disagree? Um, and I I believe like we briefly spoke about how families were pulled apart mm -hmm. over certain subjects um, since 2020. It um, did. It caused huge divisions about gatherings where one mm -hmm. family member would be against it and it would cause these frictions mm -hmm. and it was it was really sad to see people being torn apart or the shaming of people of family members if they didn't get a vaccine or if they didn't want to get tested prior to an event that's more you know mm -hmm. the last year or so but like the shaming it's person like you know you can't shame someone for their personal choice we have free will that's where acceptance and kindness is what I'm talking about. Like you have to respect people's choices. Correct. Correct. So uh, I believe you just hit a trigger point where maybe we can talk about um, the, the subject of being when we were exposed to someone that tested positive for COVID. Yes. 
Okay. So let's, let's, let's maybe touch on that a little bit. When that was starting to happen in 2020. Yes. And somebody would call you uh, before the holiday or before uh, you had plans to get together. If you were even doing that at that time saying I've been exposed I better not come over. I better not come over. We're going to have to cancel. Or that first time too, like someone's positive too as well. But I think um, to go back to the first time you got Mm -hmm. that call Mm -hmm. that you had someone that had an exposure because early on, like when I say early on, like I would say between like April and like May, June, you know, everybody at some point got that first phone call that someone they know had a direct exposure or were positive and had to now tell you mm-hmm. because you had to take the necessary precautions. Mm-hmm. So I remember my first one, Claire's Day, because it was where my partner worked and we were on our way to a bank to refinance my car. Everything was not totally shut down at that point and I I almost want to feel like we weren't wearing masks either he got a call from somebody that reported up to him and Mm -hmm. when he pulled over I knew it was a call that was needed his undivided attention and it that reported to him having to tell him he had a direct exposure to someone who had tested positive now this was during a time when there was so many unknowns and all that stuff. And the, the feeling of your stomach dropping that dread. Oh my God. And you know, we had to go do this thing at the bank. And I remember we both were like, okay, we're going to take it. We're going to just do this thing. And you know, we talked more extensively as we got home, but how scary that was. And you know, and I'm going to knock on wood. Luckily um, neither him or myself ended up, testing positive but Mm -hmm. that was so scary and almost traumatic and it was like that thing that you've been hearing about it finally touches you yes yes and I can remember from uh, a personal experience a friend of mine um, her niece had been visiting uh, I, I believe for the weekend and ended up going home and then calling a couple days later saying that she tested positive for COVID. Well, my friend was furious at at her niece, furious. And that's very sad to me because, uh, there was, it was, uh, there was blame and shame towards this young, young girl. It was her fault if they got it. Her fault. She gave it to us. You know, what the, you know. Like, how dare you? How dare you do this to us like she did? Correct. Correct. And that, I think that is a fear response. I was getting fear uh, response. My sister, my sister, unfortunately, uh, works in the medical field. She had to go in. She was, you know, essential personnel. And they were in the girls in the office were getting COVID. Yeah. And I'm, and then instantly in my head, I start calculating when's the last time did I see her? How many days has it been? 
Right. And, and then you stop feeling like, oh my God, do am I having a hard time breathing? Am I yes. coughing? Is my throat sore? Like it becomes this whole paranoid feeling of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And you don't know. And it's almost like you get to that, like what is real and what is not real reality. Cause you know, you can talk yourself into having a symptom. Let's face it. Anyone can, I could talk myself into right now. Like, oh my God, I have strep throat, my throat. It hurts. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it can manifest that way. Even it was so very scary. Yeah, even to this day, Jill, uh, I think that people that are sneezing, coughing, uh, of just say even an allergy, mm -hmm. there is a question in many people's minds. Yeah. Oh, is that, does she have COVID? Does he right? have COVID? Yeah. And God forbid you have to cough. Like everyone coughs. Like that is just nature. Like you get a tickle in your throat. You need mm -hmm. to cough. And if you do it in a public place, and of course, like, I i mean, I always cover my mouth anyways, but, you know, the mm -hmm. looks you would get, like, how dare you cough and the shame. It's like, sorry, tickle in my throat. Swear to God, I'm not, I'm okay. Like, it, yeah. it became, you became very hyper, like, that's where I feel like the compassion needs to come in. Um, Just to give you an example, my dad, um, he... Um, long story short, you know, he got a cancer diagnosis during the pandemic mm -hmm. in his lung where he had to have par a partial part of his lobe removed. He's fine, but he does have to take Mucinex every day because he generates all of this stuff mm -hmm. and he needs to cough it up. And mm -hmm. so someone in my family actually shamed him, but it's because of his, it's not anything to do with COVID. It's a medical it's medically necessary the mucinex is there to help him expel this because it would be bad for it to build up in his half lung right so, so I, I yeah i think we all forgot that that there were still there were still illnesses beyond covid that every day before 2019 2020 every day there's somebody that is diagnosed with something, uh, not everybody, but someone is diagnosed with something. Now it seems that, you know, if you were, if you had a true diagnosis, there always that underlying thought in your mind, is it COVID? Yeah. Did COVID cause that? And with the variants too, symptoms had changed, right? So mm -hmm. the first round, these were the list of symptoms. Variants came and symptoms changed. And, you mm -hmm. know, so that's just it. Now it's like anything that is indicative of a possible viral infection or whatever, mm -hmm. you have to do, you have to rule out COVID because you never know now. It isn't so black and white as it was in the early stages before the variants started coming. Right. It's not just, um, a chest cold. It's not yeah. just uh, fever you know. and all that stuff. Like there was Correct. people that had, you know, they it almost looked like the stomach flu when the second variant came around. So that's where it's like, and, mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing too. Viruses mutate. That's what they do. They change constantly. So we're going to see it mm -hmm. continuously change. And you know, the symptoms are going to change with it. I think the most consistent people talk about is the exhaustion that you feel 
and mm-hmm. you know the and it because it, it is a respiratory virus it's going to affect your respiratory system in some way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm not quite sure that if if this uh was a part of our our conversation in episode one um but uh going a little bit into the spiritual realm uh the sign of gemini was in our in our energy field and it's an air sign and it's governed by the lungs and when this all became it arrived by air and was affecting the lungs and so there's just, just an interesting spiritual note and just to give a little more context to that, I mean, we're going to do another episode that focuses on mm-hmm. the whole aspect, but all of our, everywhere where you live in this world, you there is a sign associated to it in Italy is where um, mm-hmm. Gemini, they, they were under the sign of Gemini when this happened to them. So, you know, there is that whole, you know, It'll be an interesting conversation when we get to that point, but that kind of leads us into what we wanted to talk about in regards to how we here in the U.S. started to see it unfold in the rest of the world, right? Right. Italy took it hard. They took it hard. Uh, They were, I think, the most prominent, from what I can recall, of the longest lockdowns, uh, the most sickness, uh, those type of things. And, you know, because, like, not to be, like, we, you know, we don't, you and I both agree, like, we are not here for any political debates, but we, it's, I think yeah. it's common knowledge that China just, they're not going to share information with us. That's just not, that's just not how they operate. So we weren't getting a lot of information. And I believe, like, when it hit Italy so hard, that's when we finally started to get the down and dirt details of what this thing looked like because before it was kind of sporadic but Italy really mm-hmm. showed us what it looked like and how it could look to us here in the US. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. So that that's something yeah again uh as you mentioned we will be uh rolling into those type of episodes uh in the near future of how the energy, universal energy works around these things, uh, spirituality, and how it, those uh, mysterious things that we speak of do affect us directly uh, in the human plane, you know, on the earth plane. So why don't we talk about um, your your little issue that you had with those those murder hornets that you were telling me about, because that was something we wanted to discuss was the yes. environmental changes that happened during yeah. the year with lockdown. Yeah. And well, in 2020, um, all of a sudden, you know, we're in the midst, everyone's in the midst of worrying about this, this mysterious um, virus and about getting sick and, and et cetera, et cetera. And, all of a sudden, out in the media, social and TV uh, type of, of um, talking, you know, newscasters, yeah. etc. Um, I saw that in 2020, 
murder hornets were first seen in Washington state. That became huge, huge. What is a murder? Now it's murder hornets. What, what's going on? And it was so funny because that year was the first year I've ever seen. And I've lived in, in this particular location for over 10 years. And that year was the first year I had this giant nest on my fence and it was the first time I had ever seen black, well, white faced, I guess they called white faced hornets. Not the first time I've seen them, but the first time they were in droves here. They took up shop in yard. It sounds like they did. They took up shop in this yard. It was so freaky. I'm like, Wow, that's strange. It's really strange. It's the first time in 10 years I've had one even nest here. I've never even had them fly around this property. And that was the first year. And I'm curious, curiously wondering, is that what they assumed and, and broadcasted as murder hornets? I don't know. It sounds like it did from what you told me. I mean, my God, they practically stalked you. They, they certainly did. White-faced hornets are no joke. And I really think uh, that's where the extra media yeah. plays it, plays it, plays it on fear. Fear, fear, fear. There and really were no murder hornets that I, I don't think. I don't know. I think it's just a different... Uh, species of hornets started uh, getting more and pro more prominent in areas. And, and that's, I, that's a nature change. And I think there was a lot of things that we noticed too, because we were paying attention to the news and our surroundings so much, but there were <laughs> true environmentally env environmental impacts that, were just that you could actually tie back to everyone having to be staying home and in isolation and all that stuff. Now, for right. me, I did not get murder hornets, but I did. <laughs> we actually had an increase of dragonflies that we were seeing in our yards. Now, obviously, dragonflies are much more enjoyable to see versus your situation with the murder-faced right. hornets. And... Another weird thing that year we saw where I live, um, the landscaping in my house just comes back every year. I, so I am not a gardener at all. We had things grow that we had never seen in the five years we had owned this house. They had mm -hmm. never come. We're like, we've never seen these before. And yeah. I know a few other people that said like, you know, I think they call perennials. I'm really bad with gardening planted them years ago they used to come up they stopped and they came back that year like we saw a lot of that and there was you know the talks about how like in Los Angeles for the first time they could see the stars because there wasn't so much pollution and other things like that but there were some really negative things um you know with the wildfires and that was something you you know you reminded me about in Australia 47 million acres burned to the ground in Australia. Animals, people were so displaced. It was a tragedy. 47 million acres 
very, very, very sad. Uh, and this could be lessons that we all need to learn as we need to be more compassionate towards our mother earth, mm-hmm. our environment. And as you said, um, not seeing smog, we weren't, we weren't driving anywhere because no one was going anywhere. So I know. hello, hmm. there wasn't much pollution going into the air. And isn't it funny how, because, you know, some people, like, you talk about climate change and stuff. It's like you can see the direct impact. And, too, I believe there was also wildfires that year. That well. They spread, yep, they spread from California to Washington State. And out so out of control, they were working night and day to get them put out and that was something super scary also uh, for, for us to watch from here on the East coast. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also uh, the people that were people, animals, things that were lost. And I remember just recently watching an old show that happened. It was just, um, it was a reality show that was taped in that time. And a couple of the people they were following lived in Malibu and just seeing the and there was pictures of the wildfires and how close to their house it was just i just can't imagine and trying to get out of a busy like think about how busy california is like trying you hear about the gridlock right and the traffic even though where mm-hmm. i live this time, can't imagine like how you must feel so trapped when you're trying to get yourself to safety during a national disaster and you're in gridlock on a major highway. I can't imagine the anxiety and that feeling of entrapment that people must've felt at that time. And, and let's, and let's face it. Um, we're, here we are, we're layering stress upon stress upon stress because COVID is still COVID is very active at this time very active. And then we have these disasters on top of it. Stress upon stress upon stress. And people's emotions were and during that time. Um, if you and I believe that is that's around the time when that the term Karen was kind of created or used now for that describes any woman acting, you know, a certain way, you know, oh, they are Karen. It's like that is where a lot of that came from. And you got to wonder if you to like rewind before the pandemic, would people still react the same way to that situation if they weren't under so much stress from the pandemic and God forbid they were in California, like would their reactions have been different? And this is just uh, in my own thought. Yes. And I agree. And I tend to agree, of course, like, how would we ever prove that? But I do feel like, um, you know, people emotions were just it's like it was all just there at the surface. And it didn't take much to trigger someone into acting a way that was mm-hmm. not normally in their nature. Now, let, but let's face it, like, let's be real. There are people that are just I was going to swear, but I won't swear that they're just jerks in general. Right. T- pandemic and. Yep just not a nice person but i feel like there are good people that went down a road that they probably wouldn't have if they had not been put through 
everything because you I think we talked about like, you know, people having to say goodbye to loved ones over Zoom in mm-hmm. hospitals and or not being able to get a flight to get to a loved one who was sick and all and not being able to have proper closure with funeral. All that stuff that people were robbed of during that time. That that's yes. traumatic and that will change. Like I would be angry. I'd be I I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't be an angry person. Right. Right. I yeah, I think that's how it just it manifested uh the that emotion uh, just bubbled up and you just snap. Uh there were even parents that were home for the first time with their kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And everyone's getting on each other's nerves. Um, And so I think the fuse was short. And I don't care how big your house is. Cause I, I remember feeling like in like where I, my house, I, where I have a finished basement, main living areas and bedrooms. And it felt like the walls were closing in and I couldn't escape. And we had plenty of rooms. So imagine someone living in like a small apartment with their young children 24-7. I would lose my marbles. I would have lost my marbles for sure. Right. And that that uh, I truly uh, believe that many people lost their patience. Yes. And not only over children, but uh, even the the elderly or the single people that were mm. home alone. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, all day. Not by their choice either. It nope. wasn't their choice anymore. It was what you had to do. And that's, you know, when you do it by choice, but when that freedom is taken away and it, what it is a freedom, right? That mm-hmm. is hard. And that is brutal on your mental health. Eventually we, you know, we can, if, you know, the positive side of that is social media and all the apps helped you stay connected, but not seeing that person in person. I remember someone telling me who, uh, um, someone that I'm friends with who lives in England. And she said how she had not had a hug in a year. Oh, yes. Let's talk hugs because I'm a hugger. And yeah. I missed I missed that so much. And she lived alone, so she was by herself, and she couldn't see any. Like she had not like physically touched a human in that way in a year, and that is, you know, that's part of us as human beings, like that, you know, physical interactions and all that stuff. Imagine that not having, being able to yes. hug or touch anyone for a year. I can imagine because it happened to me and I was very disturbed by that. Very sad, very, very sad. And uh, almost to an extent you could say depression really uh, got prominent more than, than the usual. So I, I believe the lesson learned in that is, wow, didn't we take, didn't we take all that for granted? The human touch. And for me, I, so anyone that knows me, I was not a hugger. I Mm -hmm. was, you know, and that, you know, was my, like, you know, people that I know and that you, if you are a friend or whatever, I was Mm -hmm. okay with that. But like random people I didn't know, even, you know, certain, certain 
family members, like on uh, my boyfriend's side, they used to know, and they used to tease me because they knew it made me uncomfortable. They would, they would just hold me even tighter. But I will yeah. say, I have a different look at it now. I find I hug people more easily with, oh my God, I got to hug this person because there was a long time we couldn't. So for myself, it was having a new, there's my lesson, appreciate those hugs because could be taken away. So there's a success under the underlying success of realizing how human connection is so very important. Yes. But I will still say though, if a random stranger, do not hug me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just being a wise guy saying that, but just, you know, I guess in all seriousness, it's still, you know, yeah. where I would have, um, no, I like, I initiate the hugs more than I would have prior to the pandemic. Right. And also a lot of people I noticed uh, were asking for permission. Is yes. it okay if I give you a hug? Yeah. And uh, I just, I put all the fear aside and of course it's okay. Of course, for me, that's me. Of course oh. it's okay. I was yes. willing to roll the dice. I was too, I'll be honest. Like if someone asked if it was okay, um, absolutely. And I always, I would always say yes, just because, and I do appreciate though, you have to have, you know, people are trying to respect people's boundaries, which I think is important because if someone wasn't comfortable with a hug, mm -hmm. you don't want to make them feel more uncomfortable mm -hmm. than they already do. So I think it's not a bad thing to ask for the permission and mm -hmm. if they're not, you can fist bump, you can elbow bump. Like, you know, there's still another way to have that connection, even if it's not a hug. But I do think that's super important is respecting people's choices again. What is, if they're choosing, they don't want a hug, mm -hmm. respect that and not shame them for that, right? Correct. Correct. Choices. Choices. So, so do you want to talk about the lighter side after all the heavy stuff? Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, that, that that is quite heavy. And we're still not, uh, we're still not out of the conversation of, of 2020. So some lighter notes that I had um, looked at, although some of them, you know, felt very serious, and maybe they even were because uh, things maybe weren't everything, you know, everything wasn't as it seemed. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, social media and the memes that were coming out mm -hmm. about uh, in a funny sense, using humor, there was a lot coming out that, you know, what's next world war three. Uh, the, uh, we talked about, um, I wrote down um, Netflix had become very, very popular because nobody could leave home. Right. So yeah. Netflix was huge, but then everything came out. And the focus on Netflix was the Tiger King. Yes. I remember drinking the Kool-Aid and I remember hearing people talk about it and saying, okay, I'm going to watch Tiger King. I watched it. I'm guilty as charged. I did too. I did too. <laughs> and, and it was bizarre. And then, and then we had, uh, let's see, a little bit. The Pentagon released uh, videos uh, of UFOs. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> What's funny about that, too, is which I thought was interesting with the Pentagon, you know, 
they mean that UFO conversation, every new president that always comes up and stuff. But um, they renamed UFOs to UAPs. And I just remember being like, seriously, like yeah. we have to we have to change it. It can't just say UFO. We have to now call it a UAP like what it's an unidentified flying object. What is the difference? But it, and I believe that was that footage was from Navy from the Navy that got released. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a there, there brings up there's so much so much detail in this stuff. How how things words words were changed. And people uh, were like watch like people that probably didn't follow the UFO community because mm-hmm. there is a whole community um for uf ufology people got drawn into that that normally probably wouldn't have because it was on the news 24 seven and what else do you got to do? But, and then you start going down YouTube and Googling all the videos of the footage and it was, an, it could have been a very cool distraction, but it could have led you down many rabbit holes as well. Yeah. And I like, I like that word you use is distractions mm-hmm. because I feel that they were distractions and maybe not even on purpose, Yeah, but the media took it to the the next level and kept putting it out there in all different uh, ways of saying it um, yeah. with the same baseline, but some were making it scary. Some were yes. making it funny. Some were making it uh, very nonchalant, but mm-hmm. again, it, it, they were distracting us from really what was going on still that baseline of COVID-19 or or the coronavirus. And usually UFO, um, let's say news, I say news in like air quotes, would not be on mainstream like platforms. They would Mm -hmm. be on like the, you know, like the fringe networks and stuff like that would report that stuff. But it mm-hmm. was on like all the major networks were reporting out on this and the days up to it because the footage was going to be revealed and all this stuff. And was President Trump going to finally admit that aliens are here? It's like this whole buildup. It's like watching a soap opera or something like, oh, my God, will he, will he not? It was, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of people, I think, that were never really vested in that topic were like, yeah, yeah let's see, is it going to happen? And, you know, it ended up being pretty much a nothing burger at the end of the day. Like, because to put in perspective, a UFO is an unidentified flying object. Mm-hmm. So I am sure the Navy and other in the Air Force and just people in planes have seen a flying object that they did not know what it was. It yes. It been a satellite. It could have been and it could have been an aircraft from another country that we've never seen. So that's where it, it becomes very, that fine line of, you know, UFO doesn't equal aliens. It just means it's you, it's a flying object that you can't identify. I could look up in the sky and see something floating away and it could have been a balloon for all I know. Right. And again, we're not political, but no. I saw so many people start to blame uh government spies uh they're spying on us they're coming after us they're uh this is the covid was a distraction so that they could do this yeah yes that's like you know that is conspiracy. the flip side 
conspiracy land came into mainstream media and mainstream consciousness, so to speak, because there is that whole community, which usually is very, you know, based in YouTube and other areas, but it came into your everyday news, which was, you know, good if you could take it with a grain of salt and have a laugh or bad if it then led you down the rabbit holes and you're all of a sudden like, yeah, talking to your friends going, yeah, the grid's going down, the grid's going down, start preparing. It it, it went both ways, I feel like, with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so those are some of the night, the lighter, lighter type of notes. Oh, uh, let's yes. not forget about with Tiger King, though, because yeah. how funny when we, you and I talked, um, mm -hmm. anyone that's watched Tiger King, um, Carol... Her name is yeah, Baskin or something. Her, her whole husband. Well, come yeah. to find out, he was just found alive. Yeah, <laughs> which was so funny because as we we're talking about it, I said, "Oh my god, I just saw something where he was found alive." And how ironic! And you know, there were additional. So there was that big documentary, and then they did a part two because Netflix, of course, was trying to ride that train still and keep it going. Yeah. They ended up um, like interviewing his employees again and um, trying to just keep the train rolling. Of course, it kind of fell flat. And actually, he released his book too. Tiger King released his um, autobiography. Yeah. Which I did, I will admit, I did listen to. Okay. I have not done that. I'll have to take take a listen for that. Uh, very interesting. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to do that. So there were, there were some really, um, who's to say, real or not real distractions uh, during and, that time. <laughs> and the Zoom fails too were also hilarious. Um, you know, yes. I, I had great memes that, you know, for 2020, um, especially the Zoom ones, like, because it looked like, you did look like the Brady Bunch, right? Because I'm on Zoom calls all the time. We did mm -hmm. look like the Brady Bunch squares. And I have some great ones that say, Alice, your mic is muted because I can't tell you how many times that happens. But there was the newscaster that got caught literally with no pants on. I, I, I watched that. I watched that. And it just it kind of still boggles me of why, well... No offense, but I mean, why would you just sit with no no pants on and then? TV. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is like that's that's the things that people like. They trust me. I appreciate that I work from home and I have my pajama pants on. Yeah, but that's the thing. You still need to put your clothes on just because you're not at work. And to, be, to do to just have that lack of of awareness to be like. There's a chance, depending on camera, um, I might be caught with no pants on. And he did on like national TV. <laughs> and and he wasn't the only one. He was just the first. There was so many. Like if you Google the Zoom fails, it's hilarious. Like what? Yeah. Just thought they could get away with. It's like you're on camera. The camera yeah. shows all. So, you know, that is another lighter side was we did get some funny um, moments. There, yeah, there is some humor, and you've got to have humor. Humor, laughing is so good for the entire mind, body, and soul. It is so good. We have to find some humor once in a while through the cracks. And uh, 
So let's, before we move out of 2020, there was another thing that I, I wanted to say how much, and we may have touched lightly on this, but Amazon boomed. Yes. Uh, food delivery boomed. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, people were getting their, their groceries delivered. And let's talk about that, about wiping down. <laughs> they, it would be just a, a, a contactless delivery. Yeah. You could mark that off. You want con- contactless delivery and you would leave it outside, leave your bags outside. Some people left them out for a couple hours because they say that the air would kill, you know, any virus. Yeah. Um, as long as you left your bags outside for a certain amount of time. And then you had spoke about wiping things down. Yeah. I, down. I physically went to the grocery store. And part of the reason why I did was it was the only time I could leave my house because the way the at home restrictions were, were you could only you were only supposed to go out to stores for groceries, you know, to the pharmacy. And it was the only time I got away from the people in my house and I needed to get away from the people in my house. So (laughs) I would have to go to two or three different grocery stores in my town to get what I needed because of the shortage and all that stuff. But it's like, I went in gloves on mask on hair up, all that stuff. And then I would come back, wipe down every single grocery I got down to something as small as a chapstick right yeah then eventually I remember I just I remember finally getting away with the gloves but it was also once I was done with that instantly take my clothes off in the shower I go into the wash they go but I wiped down groceries and it was one of those behaviors I had to unlearn was right (laughs) <laughs> you know, I remember finally just being like, I'm done with this. Like I am, you know, cause like, you know, grocery, I'm just going to one grocery back to my normal routine of grocery shop. And I'm like, I'm done with wiping groceries. I'm like, this yeah. is crazy. I just, I can't keep doing this. And it was really hard. It was like a scary, like, it was like breaking a habit. It was like quitting mm-hmm. smoking, or quitting sugar. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going yeah. to do this anymore. Now, I am. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was say, now, granted, like there would be some boxes every once in a while I pick up and they were like grimy feeling. Yeah, I wiped those down. I won't lie, but I wasn't doing the whole shebang anymore. Yeah, I think there was a point where we all kind of um, gave it to gave it to the hands of whatever is going to be is going to be. Yeah. And uh, I was, I'm guilty. I was, I was loving Amazon, ordering anything I needed. But if you ever noticed, and and it would stop and make me think for a second, everything was coming from China. You know, everything was manufactured in China. And there was a part of me that when I opened, I'm excited about my Amazon delivery. But then I go, oh, it says made in China. I wonder. (laughs) Well, I wiped, I, down my Amazon. I wiped down my Amazon. Anything that came into this house got wiped down. But, you know, Amazon, yeah. I remember, too, because there was you couldn't find cleaning supplies and those basic things. Mm-hmm. Like, I was on Amazon every single day. And if you saw that you could get a thing of Lysol wipes, you ordered it. And 
Mm-hmm. And, and Amazon does have everything. The I never did the delivery of groceries. Now, for some people, that was already a norm for them. But there was uh, I do I do it quite often uh, because of my physical condition. Um, there, yeah, it's much easier for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. A lot of people turned to those services, and the store started offering the services, or you could order ahead of time and pick it up so you didn't have to walk through the stores and follow the arrows and all that stuff you could just pull up get you know walk in get your groceries and leave and have less time in the store the other thing too i just want to mention about grocery stores is i remember because where i live um it's technically an island so to go over the bridge which is like a joke in my town we are like things are more expensive here and we're also not a major city, so our supply chain, in other words, when that delivery of toilet paper came in, it was as big as if I lived in a big in a big city. The grocery stores had did the, which I don't think was a bad thing. They had a restriction from I believe it was six a.m. to seven thirty in the morning, which I think the hours were weird, but for elderly people, yes. they were allowed to go in. And shop, which I do think that was a great thing because the I can't get out who need mm-hmm. these necessities, they got mm-hmm. first dibs, which I totally agree with. I just thought the hours was so early, but it's fine because I remember one time I needed something, it was either paper towels or whatever. And I just respectfully waited in my car until the allotted time for me to go into the store. And it was funny how many people were going in, but like I, it was a one time thing because I needed something. But mm-hmm. I do remember that where they, and I'm happy that my city did that with the elderly in mind or disabled to say, here is your time. So you're not fighting with people and climbing over people to try to get that last roll of toilet paper or paper towels. Yeah. 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 And there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of angry, disturbed people also in the stores. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's that compassion that went away again for each other. Um, And and someone in someone who is, you know, almost in their eighties, they probably might not want to go onto Amazon. They might not. The the most don't. They don't. So that's why I think it was so important for them to have Mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to necessities, um, you know, at that time. Yeah. But yeah, Amazon definitely became part, and, and any other one, Target or, you oh, know, Walmart. Place, mm-hmm. you know, you were looking everywhere. And then you, it was all that whole excitement of tracking a package. And every day, like, what's showing up today? What came in the mail yeah. today? I still yeah. have a little bit of that, especially around Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're almost wrapping up. I mean, 2020 is, was such a long year with so many things. And I'm sure there'll things will be popping into other people's heads as they listen to our conversation. And um, But that's good. That's good. It's something they can maybe recall and reflect on and think about, well, what can I, what is the lesson that I'm being taught from that experience I had personally? And just a tech on technical part before we move and touch in on 2021 uh, in 2020, as it was getting December of 
of 2020, the vaccines rolling out. And that's a whole nother subject in, in healthcare that we'll be speaking of. Uh, the COVID-19 relief fund was released at $2.3 trillion. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of money for us to even comprehend. And right. people were kind of somewhat angry about that. But then think about the people that really needed it. Uh, and then the last thing I have uh, is the stock, the stock market crashed. And that's when this global recession began. So we're yeah. even still there uh, here in 2023. Um, yeah. So we are we are at almost um, 50 minutes now. So I want to touch in on 2021, Jill. Okay. And just a bit. Um, and I, if I recall correctly, in my experiences, the courtrooms begin began to open. Just uh, very slowly mm -hmm. in 2021. So many court cases that had been put on hold for years and years. And I have to uh, just quickly tell you a personal experience had a very tragic uh, murder in my family of uh, three family members and um, a dog. And that had been waiting to come to court. The perpetrators were uh, in prison for, gosh, almost four years before we were even able to get to court for their trial. So, so this, this family, these family members and friends had to wait all this time, but it got all postponed. As soon as COVID hit, they, they, we could not, there was no way of getting in with trial for a trial. Yeah. So very, very, very sad. Telehealth also started becoming uh, something of a new way of having a doctor's visit at the end of 2020. Well, actually, so that well, I will just say telehealth actually started in 2020 in March when the emergency. Oh, early. Came. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, but I think it became more known in 2021 because Mm -hmm. There was so much, um, you know, healthcare, like we said, is a whole other subject. 2021, I believe, that is when telehealth almost started to become the new norm, but it did actually begin in 2020. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, because I think in my um, recollection, maybe that's when I had my first telehealth call. Correct. And only because uh, I yeah. work in healthcare is that's how I know it started mm -hmm. in 2020, yep. but I for someone who doesn't work in you, that mm -hmm. would be your first time you had to have a telehealth visit where you never did before in 2020. Right. Yep. So 2021, uh, things are starting to like, mm, the seams are starting to open a little, the seams, I'm talking uh, like just a little cracks of things started to hmm, show a bit of hope. Yeah. And uh, what we knew as normal out outdoor events were starting to be per, uh, permitted. Sport, sports were kind of going in that yeah. direction. I was holding my meditation classes um, for my seniors outside in the courtyard. 
that was even, you know, very little attendance because let's face it, people still were fearful, yeah. even though we were six feet apart outside in yeah. fresh air. Yeah, it's I, I feel like in 2021, it's like they it was almost this. How can we have lived life, but make it safe? And, um, you know, it was a very much like learning, like, OK, we need to start living life again. But how can we do actions and with everything going on? And I just need to say, like the whole with the course closing down, my heart breaks for your family and friends. And unfortunately, you were not the only ones either. People had to wait no. so long for, once again, closure and justice Correct. for something which is just torturous, like adding on another layer of already of uh, this pandemic. And now you have this other thing to that you can't get resolution on because the courts are closed and it's out of your hands. Oh, and you're sitting and you're also you're also sitting elbow to elbow with people in a courtroom with masks on and the fear is still in your mind because it's not COVID is not gone. You are still under that baseline of fear and you're you're like, wow, I'm in a room full of people that's yeah. going through your head during the whole other process of the stress of the crimes and, and yeah, all the things that go along with it. So that was very uh, disturbing uh, on top of it. Um, what else do we have going into 2021? So that is when we start to hear about, um, you know, the mask restrictions were changing mm -hmm. and there was also, um, that was the first variant was 2021. And there was a big focus on burnout in healthcare because everyone was working from home. So that was like leading into 2021. It was, you know, okay, we got through the year. So what does this year look like? And, you know, it 2021 starts off during cold and flu season to begin with anyways, right? In January. So, yeah. mm -hmm. but it, it 2021 became the year of the, um, okay, what is life like? How, like I said, how are we going to live life and get back to some sense of normalcy? Now, even though normal would never be the same, but how do we get back to, and for people, small businesses that, you know, the relief fund was just, a, was just to help people out. But if you were a small business and you weren't allowed to open Mm -hmm. That is where, um, that's part of the reason why we still see what we see with the global recession and stuff. There are cut, there's businesses closing in 2023 because they never recovered from 2020. Mm -hmm. And still, big chain stores are closing, and um, there's just there were so many trickle down effects from 2021 with education and teachers this there is a lot to talk about in 2021 coming out of that first year of the pandemic um yeah yeah and you know burnout became a big thing and this i feel like there's a lot of terms we started to use regularly of course my mind's blanking at this moment but there was these new terminologies that we were all very familiar with and used about 
in our lives, social distancing, right? And mm-hmm. having to follow the, your, your, your life feel where, you know, we got some freedom back, but it didn't really feel like we got freedom back because we had to follow these rules, right? What, like, I, like aisles had arrows and yeah. you still had to, um, like, I can't imagine what it was like a football game without anyone because i understand why like bringing back football in sporting events is important for one thing for those teams and stuff but for also humanity right let's face it, my son's a huge football fan mm-hmm. as you're playing in a stadium that is empty because you know what you know you feed that energy from the crowd and to have mm-hmm. it be quiet i can't imagine mm-hmm. what that was like for players and I right. believe some concerts were done that way too, where they streamed them. Like you could watch, like say you wanted, to, there was a concert you had had tickets for. Some artists mm-hmm. actually, um, some did it free, some did it with a paid platform, but they're playing to an empty stadium. Once again, yeah. like, I just know as like artists, you feed off the energy of the crowd. There's like no crowd. Yeah, yeah, that was that was still going on, and. Um, and I think that it was, uh, I think, disappointing to very uh, to a very large group of people, because I, after a year or a plus of all this going on, you would think in our minds and what we're used to is like, okay, it's is it it's over now, isn't it? You know, let's go. <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't. It just certainly wasn't. Uh, it still continued. So just the last thing I want to say um, about 2020 is when we talk about being kind to people, I just want to say, like, I have a lot of respect and compassion for leaders, whether you were a mayor, a superintendent, a governor, because you had to make choices with little information that affected Mm -hmm. whoever you govern. Right. And a lot Mm -hmm. of people got, you know, a lot of, you know, people were criticizing or not happy or whatever, but imagine putting yourself in their shoes. They need to make a decision that, and they're trying to make the right one with Mm -hmm. not a lot of data or solid information to make a very educated choice on. And I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of people in those um, roles took hits that didn't deserve it. Like, you know, we can be upset with the choice they made, but I'm happy I wasn't the one that had to make that choice. So, absolutely, because, um, and I feel like it aged a lot of us, um, prematurely, but I just know, um, where I live, we had a new superintendent that started who, and when he took the job, he didn't know he was going to walk into a pandemic, but having mm-hmm. to make these choices, I have a lot of compassion for those people. They were making, they had a lot of responsibility. And yeah. you can't fault them if they made the wrong one because I don't think it was ever done on purpose. It wasn't, they were they were just trying to do the best they could with what they had to work with. Uh, yeah, and that leads again to stress-related illnesses that started really um, getting bigger and bigger and bigger in 2021. Yeah. Uh, people were even then now having therapy sessions through telehealth yep uh, reaching out for help 
because it was not, it didn't resolve as quick as we would have liked to. Uh, there, yeah. there was still, there was still demand and uh, what some call control dictation of how we have to act mm-hmm. and how to be. And uh, that was a big disappointment for the collective that things just didn't resolve and that it was still going and the variants were mutating and now we got to do boosters and, and all and all those things, which again, we'll talk about healthcare at another episode. It was that we, feeling of, is it ever going to end? Cause when you think about a year, a year's a long time. And you would think, I know a lot of us felt by the time 2021 hit, you couldn't believe that you were still in the same spot. Almost like even yeah, though pretty much had lifted or whatever, it was like, they were tiny oh things compared. They yeah. were all little tiny things that were slowly fading away, but yet then the, they were coming, then they would come back. I remember even just my convenience store up here uh, after the mask had mandate lifted a bit, they, yep. d- they required it in their store Yes, again in 2021. Yeah. And you thought, geez, gosh, thought this was over. But then the variants I, I, were rolling out. So all the restrictions come back. All the restrictions it. come back. It outdoor like- seating, outdoor seating for dining out only. That yeah. was part more of our choice. Uh, but the restaurants, if they were going to survive, had to have outdoor seating. Exactly. I live in a tourist town. Summer is the time for restaurants to make money so i mean i still like you know because like i i always say like i live in a small town like my downtown area they had to take away restaurants would take you know the parking spaces in front of their restaurant is like kind of how they got into like the outdoor settings but made the streets a lot more crowded to drive down and mm-hmm. you know it it's like you know outdoor seating's not a horrible thing but it is a little bit of an inconvenience in the sense of space wise and what if you didn't want to eat outside like um it oh, just, we we yeah, don't live in the we don't live in a warm climate all year round so our places our places were stuck for quite a few months in the beginning of that year uh without the option of outside seating exactly mm-hmm. and also when it is super hot out you don't want to sit out because, like, it gets really humid where I live. You don't want to sit outside when it's 85 degrees out, 100% humidity. That is not enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of these uh, food uh, services, restaurants, uh, mm-hmm. they had to come up with uh, things like dividers inside the restaurant, uh, which had to, was another expense for them. Uh, yeah. Creative how ways to block too. off booths. Yeah, things like that creative ways to keep their businesses going, which um, you got to mm-hmm. give them credit for some of the, some of the, ideas some places came up with, but there's, I mean, you still see it today where again, restaurants are closing like staples in the city of Boston that have been around for years that yeah. they just never recovered from the pandemic and they're closing their doors. And 
being in the restaurant business is burnout anyways speaking as a former waitress in my 20s i know what that that industry is like and i can't imagine throwing a pandemic on top of it it just is just too much and that's just that people hit their breaking points and were willing to give up like something had to give and i'm going to give up this restaurant that i love but it so it's very sad mm-hmm. to see that people had to make those kinds of choices but yeah it's just it's just unfortunately the these are the trickle effects right these are the trickle yeah. down effects of everything that happened yeah and uh one more thing before we wrap up a bit about 2021 um again going back environmentally we still had a lot going on there were flash floods that were happening worldwide oh, yeah. texas were texas had gotten slammed with some bizarre winter storms I uh, ex- now, yeah extreme that. heat waves out west i know everybody says well out west is warm no 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 we're talking about extreme heat that has never ever touched some of these areas yeah. ever and for texas to have winter storms like that that yeah. was bizarre so things have changed in all aspects all aspects yeah i think there was not one area of our lives that were not touched in some way whether big or small with mm-hmm. all of that had happened mm-hmm. well well it was just so much thank you jill for going into this uh second part of our series and uh I think now we're we're kind of just touching on 2021 and uh, and the next time we do uh get together for another episode we'll pick up in 2021. I think I'm yes. going to not say that number again today. We're going to say goodbye <laughs> to 2020. We're going to we're going to close the door in 2020 and walk into 2021. Right. And uh, my hope and my intention and my wish for everyone that's listening to our conversation today here on Rock Your Chakras is that maybe we'll uh, trigger some some reflection in some way and some maybe some laughter and some of the things and how you might want to move forward in this in this uh, time that we are we are blessed Mm-hmm. to be experiencing. I would so, like to see everyone to reflect on a behavior that started in 2020 that mm-hmm. you haven't let go yet of that could be let go of now in 2023. Like for me, wiping down groceries. What are you holding on to that started that maybe you can let go of now and be yeah. free of that, right? Exactly. How can how can you let go of it? And what is it that you can change about your your lifestyle or your thought patterns um, going into the heart and and really asking yourself, your inner voice, what can you do to move forward in the less uh, with the less amount of stress that we've endured over the past few years? So, of course, Tina, as you know, I usually pull a a card for, Mm -hmm. you know, our conversation. And today I used my deck that is called the Magical Time Empowerment Deck. And Mm -hmm. I put two cards and they are so perfect for our conversation and how we're leaving it off. Because the first one is cycles, 
we are um, all we are all becoming surrender to your changes release your fear and trust this powerful process wow and it's all purple which is like healing energy and there's two um there's two horses or dragon faces that are in the middle of the card going round and round in, in a cycle, right? So what were we just talking about, the cycles? And the yeah. second card I got was sacred space with a dragonfly on it. Funny enough, because I <laughs> talked about dragonflies. <laughs> and it says, take time for the dreamer in you. Find your power in stillness in your space in the peace you seek. Going inside. And going into your heart yep. and listening to that inner voice, that's what I feel. That is just beautiful, Jill. Thank you so much for, for your gifts and, and sharing your, your views and your take and uh, our wishes and good. hopes. Yeah. I feel like these are great conversations. I hope everyone... Um, feels like even if there's just take if there's just one thing we said today that you can take away to make a positive change in your life that is my hope okay i i concur i concur i agree to agree with you yes um, we agree to agree we agree to agree with each other at this point well thank you so much jill and uh for having me again i so appreciate it Oh, you're welcome. Uh, you take care, everyone that is listening. Thank you for joining us today. And you will hear us again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.